Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener and guest-suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. My name is Mike, and I never work The Graveyard Shift alone. Please welcome my first streamer on the show, no, not screamer, Mackie. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> ah, pretty good. This is Mackie's first appearance on the show. And uh, Mackie, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Will do. Okay, so as you mentioned, I am a streamer uh, on Twitch. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of horror. Horror, sci-fi, you know, anything of that sort. Always have been. Kind of think always will be. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I actually happen to be a huge fan of the Chucky series um, in particular, which I I don't know. It, I'm I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't seen it. Well, hadn't, but you know. But yes, uh, definitely a horror nerd, cat lover. Um, I got five of them, <laughs> so I kind of like them a little <laughs> bit. I got a leopard gecko named Morty, who's kind of hanging out over here as we're. As we're doing uh, this podcast, so he's keeping me a little bit of company, and uh, yeah, yeah, I've been streaming on Twitch for about uh, I think we're going off a little over a year now, and that's been really fun. And I just primarily stream like horror games or mostly indie horror games because those are the best, in my opinion. Those ones are where it's at, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I. I'm not really great at introducing myself, so more will come out as we go, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's pretty much like there's your basics there. It's like your own little like reanimator scene, like Mackie here, details later. <laughs> we'll get there later. But yeah, that's me. Today's episode is Assault and Batteries Included. Because we watched Child's Play. That's a good one. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really clever. Yes! That's a good one. Uh, you're scoring points already with the flattery. Oh, oh no, that's, that's actually incredibly clever. This is going to be fun. <laughs> the, uh, the original Child's Play, we, we might get to the Mark Hamill remake at some point. Oh, God. But, uh, you know, we're going to start at the beginning, which is, you know, I like to do things in order. And this is the, uh, the original, directed by Tom Holland based on a screenplay by Don Mancini, John Laffia, and Tom Holland. No, not Spider-Man, there's another Tom Holland. <laughs> based on a story by Don Mancini, produced by David Kirshner, with cinematography by Bill Butler, edited by Edward Warshilka, and Roy E. Peterson, with music by Joe Renzetti. Produced by United Artists, distributed by MGM UA, released on November 9th, 1988. With a runtime of 87 minutes, this had a budget of 9 to 13 million. Man, when there's like a $4 million discrepancy, you always have to wonder what's going on. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that as you said it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have accountants to, you know, account for the money. <laughs> do the checks and balances and all that. And kind of get paid to do that stuff. You just have to wonder if someone wasn't, like, smuggling gold bars out of the studio inside the Chucky dolls. That's such a weird gap, though, isn't it? We only, like, uh, spent $9 million. The other's like, hey, we spent $13 million. And nobody's just like, can we, can, we, can we fix this? Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, mean I, I know we're a Hollywood studio, but four million is still a, a quite a bit. And uh, seriously, and I, <laughs> yeah, four million is a little bit. It's it's pretty extra. I don't mind you. I don't know how production works or any of that, but that's four million. That's four million dollars. Usually, you think they'd be creative with the with the box office. So that they can, like, if anyone gets a percentage, they can figure out how to fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But speaking right. of the box office, this made a $44.2 million. Or was it 13? No, it was 44. No discrepancy on that. 44.2 to be exact. Uh, so, of course, like, uh, Brad Dourif played mm-hmm. uh, Charles Lee Ray Chucky. Eden Gross was the friendly Chucky voice. Uh, John Franklin was Walkabout ah, yeah. Chucky. Uh, Ed Gale as Chucky uh, in Suit Performer. Catherine Hicks played Karen Barkley. Uh, Chris Sarandon as Detective Mike Norris, mm-hmm. who was also was in great. Fright Night as Jerry the Vampire. He was Prince Humperdinck and the Princess Bride. Yeah. And fucking yep. Jack Skellington. Yes. Fun fact. So. That's a big fun fact. Look him up, Mike Norris, you guys. And, uh, of course, excellent work um, that he did there. Yep, and Alex Vincent, of course, is, uh, mm-hmm. he played Andy uh, yeah, Andy and Charles Play 2, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, and in mm-hmm. the Chucky series. Yeah, he comes back for that. Uh, with um, his, uh, I guess, adopted sister uh, from the second movie. So that was a moment. That was really cool. And I also kind of wanted to point out, we got, so Ray Oliver, who played Dr. Death, who is the man that Charles goes to uh, when he's trying to figure out, like, what's going on with his voodoo stuff. Um, he is, he's also, he had a really small role in the movie himself, but uh, I think he was, he did a pretty impactful job there too, uh, explaining and representing, you know, the uh, importance of respecting the craft, so to say. Uh, Tommy Swerdlow as Jack Santos. Jack Colvin as Dr. Ardmore. Yep. Who uh, we'll, we'll talk about soon. We'll talk about him, yeah. Uh, Neil, <laughs> Neil Guntoli as Eddie Caputo. Which, you know, when I hear Eddie Caputo, I think of the, uh, the warden from uh, Litchfield in Orange is the New Black. You know, I never actually stuck with that. He Orange was the warden, Caputo. Oh. That was, well, that was his name, not the actor. Got, but, oh, gotcha. Know, yeah. The character name. Uh, Alan Wilder as Walter Criswell. Uh, Eden Gross as a young boy in a commercial promoting the good guy doll. And uh, a bunch of other people like Aaron Osborne as an orderly. Juan Ramirez as the homeless man who Karen received the Chucky from. Tyler Hard as Mona, mm-hmm. Ted Lease as George, and Rosalyn Alexander as Lucy, with like 10 people as the Chucky Puppeteers. Yes. Yeah. And seriously, again, round of applause for the Chucky pu- uh, Puppeteers. There are some real ones, too. Yeah. And this has a Rotten Tomato score of 71%. Finally. Like, oh, I, you know. I think it's a little low. It's a little low in my taste. Yeah? But we'll figure out what, what our ratings are at the end. So the synopsis, if you're not familiar, a boy comes into possession of a latest child of the latest childhood fad, 
Unfortunately, it's there's a little bit more than just the batteries included on this one, as it is possessed by the soul of a known serial killer. Oh, yeah. We got uh, quite a bit of trivia, because there's so much to talk about of a movie of this mm-hmm. of this quality, like the talent involved and, and the history. So, uh, Mackie, you did a little bit of research. What did yeah. you find out about this movie? Basically, I had to brush up on some things, because... It's it's such a huge series, right? And as much as, you know, it's one of those things when you stop to think on it, like when somebody asks you what's your favorite song or what your favorite songs are and you kind of go blank, I kind of had to refresh myself like that. So, <laughs> but there's so much. What's my that, favorite Chucky fact? Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't ask me. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know. But, uh Oh, there is a fact, but I feel like that's something that can be mentioned down the Oh, no, I can say it now. Um, it didn't take... It took until 1998, Bride of Chucky, for Brad Dourif, who voices Chucky, to actually get into the recording booth with somebody. Um, otherwise, he was exclusively wanting to maintain... He recorded alone, which I, for some reason surprised me. I kind of thought that there would be a little bit more... Uh, well, activity around who else him would for do, that, but that makes sense. Who else would be doing voice work, I guess? Yeah, well... Unless there was other dolls for him to t- interact with. That's true. Um, but from what I understand, there's some people they will tend to record in separate booths and stuff like that, or there could be people in the recording booths with somebody that's recording. I could be wrong, but but I know he, he made a point of exclusively wanting to be alone for that. Um... But, uh, yeah, and a lot of people actually don't know a lot of the work that Brad Dourif has done outside of Chucky. He's a very talented man. If I recall, he was an exterminator on the movie The Graveyard Shift. Really? I think he was the guy brought in to, uh, to take out to deal with the rat problem. And the rats ended up dealing with the exterminator problem. Hmm. Oh, and he also dealt with some xenomorph problems in Alien Resurrection. He also did a mm. cameo and Yeah, uh, for some reason, people miss him in that one. But yeah, he was one of the... He, he was the oddest of the bunch scientists um, that was quite infatuated with the Queen. But yeah, he's in there. And uh, I think he also did a cameo in Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween? I believe it Possibly. was. Possibly. I tried to block that from memory. <laughs> you didn't like that one? I had to like the second one was something else. One thing that factors into this series, at uh, least this this movie, is voodoo. Yes. And it's got like a, a big history in America, like from its origins, which blended uh, uh, like Catholicism with uh, many different uh, religions. Mm-hmm. And uh, voodoo is definitely one of those things that it's hard to kind of, because there's different factions uh, to voodoo, right? So not too many people, at least in my experience, when trying to figure out what voodoo actually is, I'm just kind of, there's a whole lot more to it than I ever knew. <laughs> so it's actually interesting and random that they chose voodoo for this. I guess they didn't want to have like just, quote, magic. Yeah, that, that would have been really corny. <laughs> that would have been super corny. 
I'm thinking about all the numerous <laughs> corny things that happen in horror, but I mean, yeah, that just magic would have been a little out of sorts. But I do have a fair bit to speak on when it comes to that and how that works for Chucky. Well, let's hear it. We got the uh, Dembella chant, which is what uh, Chucky uses. And so it's, he was taught this by a mate of his that we see later on in the movie, uh, which he later confronts. But basically the Dembella chant, um, it's a forbidden form of voodoo magic. So if it's misused, it's actually considered to be a perversion of the practice, uh, which Charles Lee Ray, I'm going to call him Charles, for the sake of this context, but he he gets uh, he gets kind of scolded out for that because uh, he used it um, recklessly and found himself in this position. So Dembala is a voodoo sky do- uh, sky god, and um, he's used through it's used throughout the series, of course. Um, they transfer voodoo. It's a knowledge and tra- of voodooism that is the ability to transfer spirits into different living vessels. Uh, basically. So, which there's some things uh, with that, which uh, some people have made comments about the fact that once Charles Lee Ray transfers himself into the doll, people are kind of confused as to how and why he's able to pull off the stuff that he is. Because he's in a little doll's body, right? You know, how the hell is he able to do all this stuff like that? But he also, that also includes the strength of a man, right? So as a doll, he also has a, has the strength of the, of a of a man as well. So that's some people something that people don't realize with that. Um, but anyways, Dembella is one of the most important of the spirit gods, um, and uh, as I mentioned, he is a sky deity and is known to be essentially a creator of the creator of, of all life, um, and the Viva Dembella. Comp- uh, comprises two serpents prominently among other emblems because you do have to have the amulet in order for the for the spell to work. It doesn't work without it. So you can't just willy-nilly, you know. Although we didn't see an amulet in the movie. Really? I no, st- he just like grabs a doll and he says the thing and then you see lightning in the sky. and then You know, oh, because he has it on kid. his neck. He has it on his neck. Okay. Yeah, so that I, I was like, I could have sworn he, because it's not supposed to work without it, but he does have it. He carries it with him um, pretty much everywhere. Um, now, sorry to, to stop what I'm saying here, but I'm kind of wondering if that, was a, if that was like a little, you know, mess up on their part, because it wasn't mentioned until Bride of Chucky later on that it was around his neck. So that's where I'm getting that context from just now, just to clear that up. Um, uh, yeah. I'm only going off this movie, and I didn't remember him. But he was wearing, like, a, a lot of layers. He's of, got a of lot of layers on, yeah. But I didn't see anything dangling from the Chucky doll when he was over the boy doing the uh, the chant. That's a good point, actually. Hmm. Maybe he's stuck it in his battery case. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, Dembella comprises of two serpents prominent among other emblems. He is a spirit associated with death. However, in respects to fictional villainy, Dembella is famous as one of the central forces of the popular child's play universe. But he is also um, associated with uh, giving life. I'm assuming that's the two parts of the serpent thing going on here. I thought Baron Samdi was the guy associated with death because he's, he's known for having like the skull on his face. 
Who's that? Baron Samdi. He's one of the, uh, I think one of the Loas of Voodoo. Really? I've, I've seen like other shows that talk about Voodoo, and Baron Samdi is one of the, uh, the big players. I didn't know that. That is not a name that rings a bell. I, again, I'm so, I'm not learned in Voodoo at all, to be honest, but, uh, yeah. Um, but anyways, he calls upon this entity to obtain immortality because as he goes to transfer, the reason why he's doing it is because he's dying, right? So he, he ends up in a toy factory and he's a whole bunch of good guy dolls and it, it was a desperate move and he does the chant, the ritual to transfer the, his soul into the doll's body. I just really wonder what he was thinking at the time, to be honest. Um, but during that scene, um, you know, you got your thunder, you got your clouds, you got your lightning, all that stuff, right? Um, and that's, you know, your, your sign that uh, Dembala has, has made his presence known. He's going to go ahead and grant your request. So what uh, did we did you manage to get a, a translation of what he's saying? Because he's speaking, it sounds like French, but it's probably Creole since that's more associated with uh, voodoo. It says the chant may appear to be French at a glance, but it's not proper French. So it appears to be closer to Haitian Creole. So, huh? Huh? Which is loosely based off of... Yes, you did! Which is loosely based off of French, but has been subject to and modified by other languages. So that's where we get the other translations here. Um, Further evidence that points to its Haitian origins is use of Dembella in reference to Haitian voodoo religion. So that's actually something to look into a little bit more after this, actually, because that's pretty interesting. But Dembella is a snake god. He lives in the trees near springs and hence known as the Draper of Wood. However, all of these claims are based on speculation. So nobody actually really, it seems that nobody actually really knows, like, the bare bones roots of everything. There's a lot of things. It's it's like, you know, yeah, what's that, that game of telephone? Start off with, uh, uh, you know, by the time you get to the other end of, of what the origin of this is, it, the, the whole story has changed in various different ways as time goes. So from what it's, from what I've understood here, it's, it's not really, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, it says nobody knows the true translation or the meaning of Chucky's chant, including the last phrase of the incantation. It could just be gibberish. So that's interesting. <laughs> so it's so the translation wow. is, yeah, so here's the translation. To the almighty Dembella, give me the power I beg of you. To the mercy of my soul, to the point of my death, hear me out of, hear me out of from my condemned voice. To a lot, Dembella, give me all the power I beg of you. Now here's a couple of versions. These are not in English. But you do actually, like, he, he does start being, uh, it's, I guess, this is the translation, Adi Dewey Dembala, give me the power, I beg of you. And then he starts going into what would be the French translation. So Adi Dewey Dembala doesn't have a, uh, an English translation? It doesn't seem like it. Wow. Nope. I know. Yeah, that's it. And then and then he go yeah. Um and then you'll spill into English and then <laughs> so I guess Ade Dewey Dumbala might be his full name. <laughs> I guess so. 
<laughs> but yeah, there doesn't seem to actually be a translation for that. I don't know. Wow, it's kind of the big, it's kind of like the big, his catchphrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm well, like, oh, take to the almighty. That's what it uh, means. There it is. That's what it means. Ade Dewey, to the almighty. All right, mystery solved. There we go. My bad, my bad, I was wrong. That does mean something. That would have been ridiculous. I get. I got, when they said some of it could have been gibberish, I was like, that must be the gibberish. <laughs> no, that's what it means. <laughs> to the almighty. We got the voodoo mystery solved. Uh, is there anything else before we get on to uh, my trivia? Um, I guess it is important to know that, yes, he, he was actually a very well-known serial killer his um his means of choice was strangulation so and he also had a partner that he worked with now i'm not too sure if his partner eddie caputo i'm not too sure if uh, eddie was also uh, a killer or if he was somebody he just robbed with yeah we don't see eddie really committing too many crimes he's just like living in a friggin' slum so yeah when we see his place later on he's robbing banks he ain't getting a cut <laughs> And if he's killing chicks, it ain't for money. No. No, and the way he just ditches his buddies like that, he's definitely not getting a cut. The way he just left Charles like that. No, so they, they obviously aren't that close. <laughs> no. <laughs> I felt really so, bad for him, though, at that part. That really sucked. He was really stressed out. Considering the house he lived in, I mean, I, I don't really feel too sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that was kind of... If you're going to do, like, robberies and shit, at the very least, you should be making some money out of it. I definitely wouldn't be living there. That place is jacked up. Um, but yes, he, he is, uh, his uh, means of killing with choice was strangulation, which we do see later on, and we see a fair bit later on in the series, too. Like, movies and so on. Um, but he does definitely get creative as, as time goes. All right, so, my trivia. Yes. Brock Winkless was best known as the lead puppeteer of Chucky, the evil, murderous doll. He's also credited on being one of Chucky's puppeteers on several sequels in the Child's Play franchise, including Child's Play 2, 1990, Child's Play 3, 1991, nice. and Bride of Chucky in 1998. Winkless was also the puppeteer of The Crypt Keeper in the HBO TV series Tales from the Crypt, which is probably why they were able to reuse the Chucky doll to make The Crypt yeah. Keeper. That, which is also a really fun fact that people didn't know. Yep, and uh, that one blew me he away. He also worked on the the Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, nineteen ninety five, and also he provided the puppetry for the Crypt Keeper's cameo in 1995's Casper. I didn't know that. Probably called Winkless because he was never caught sleeping on the job. Hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, he uh, we lost him in twenty fifteen to uh, multiple sclerosis. Oh, no. And it had taken him out of the business uh, 15 years prior to that. Wow, 15 years. And uh, my next part isn't really trivia, but just a question that came up when I was writing all this note. Uh, do you think the boy from Toy Story was named Andy because of this movie? Because he also had living toys. Okay. I've wondered that myself, to be honest, because uh, there's a lot of random little things like, you know, in film in general, right, where they tend to make odds to certain things that are linked to other things. 
like that would be a fitting example. I've wondered that. Uh, the screenwriter Don Mancini first conceived of the concept while studying as a film major at the University of California. He was inspired by the consumerism of the 1980s and the effect of marketing on children based on his experience with his own father, an advertising executive. And uh, Mancini's troubled relationship with his own father and his experiences of alienation as a gay man caused him to center the script around a child living with a single mother and no father figure. He was also influenced by the Cabbage Patch Kids, Trilogy of Terror, Magic, Poltergeist, the character of Freddy Krueger, and the Twilight Zone episode Living Doll. Yeah. The film's executive producer, David Kirshner, would also produce all seven films in the Chucky series. And he claimed in, uh, in an interview that he had wanted to make a film about a killer doll after reading The Dollhouse Murders. And Tom Holland has also affirmed that the My Buddy Dolls played a role in Chucky's design. <laughs> yeah. Which I remember, I remember those, uh, those things and even that like little jingle. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Wherever I go, he goes. That's just reminding me of Mark Hamill's rendition. Damn. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, here's a, another little interesting tidbit here. Um, I guess Don Mancini's original script was retooled by Tom Holland, not Spider-Man, um, who argued that there was nobody to root for it, root, root for in it, um, which is, in, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what that other script looked like. But he would, Holland would well, go on I, to, sorry? I found it. Well, not the whole script, but I did find out what the original uh, script was about. Son of a gun. <laughs> yep, it was originally titled Batteries Not Included. Ah, I did know that. What the title later changed to Blood Buddy after it was discovered a different film with the same name was being made. Oh. And during production again, it was nearly retitled once more in order to avoid confusion with Sidney Lumet's 1972 film of the same name, Child's Play. Oh, shoot. Okay. I didn't know about that second one. Me neither. It was a total surprise to me. Now, this uh, this original script would have featured a doll filled with fake blood that would allow it to bleed if played with roughly. That's a really bad idea. Why? And it would have... <laughs> I mean, this is an even worse idea than the dolls that pee. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least there's a reason for the dolls that pee. <laughs> uh, it would have come alive after Andy mixed his own blood with the dolls. The doll would have represented Andy's suppressed rage and it would have targeted his enemies. Mancini's original script would have been a whodunit story which dealt with the effect of advertising and television on children. Mancini's original script was also written to toy with the audience a bit longer, making it ambiguous whether Andy or Chucky was the killer. Hmm. Okay. Oh. Okay, that reminds me of something, too. Ooh, let's hear it. Well, I think they went that route for the Mark Hamill version. Um, to be honest, it's almost like... I thought he was just a rogue AI. <sighs> what they did... my Oh, God. No, he was... No. He wasn't a rogue AI. He was... Uh, essentially, what ended up happening was the doll became, like, obsessed with Andy and protecting Andy and, you know, you know killing people that he thought were messing with Andy. I don't know. It got kind of corny. But I think that's where they drew so that inspiration like a, from. So he became an overbearing protector. Yes. That's that's the 
uh, Buddy. That's what Buddy was in that rendition. So, yeah, so I think they probably drew, that's probably where they got that from. Because I was like, who, I was like, what? Now, that makes more sense. Now I'm wondering if that's actually the case. We were uh, given many miracles in this movie, uh, not the least of which was uh, Charles Band had expressed interest in filming the script, and uh, he didn't get to, so yay us and fuck him. (laughs) Yes. He ended up producing the Puppet Master franchise. Now, if you've listened to recent episodes oh. of the show, we review we reviewed around three Charles Band movies in quick succession, and I hate the man with every fiber of my being. He should not have money or a career. He's a bad. He's bad. Why? Now I'm curious. Uh, everything is both overthought and underthought in everything he does. Okay. He does nothing that makes sense. But everything is still overly convoluted. That's upsetting. That sucks. I never, I wasn't really, I didn't get into that series like that, so I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to. Uh, oh no, we, we only watched one Puppet Master and it, and it was, it was, it was shitty, but <laughs> it was, it was forgivable. The three we saw in a row was uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. With, uh, if you've seen that movie, then you know why I'd have a problem with it. Hmm. Uh, then there was Terror Vision, which was just really dumb. And the the third one was Ginger Dead Man. Ginger which, Dead Man. <laughs> yep. And it, I mean, that- Gary Busey, he's done some good movies. This wasn't one of them. With Gary Busey, I always feel like he's just happy to be here. Whatever I think of him, I'm just kind of, I feel like he's just happy to be here. (laughs) Uh, So, you know what? He got to make the Puppet Master franchise because he couldn't make this movie. Mm, Uh, We're we're so blessed he didn't get his terrible cursed hands on this. Uh, I guess so. Uh, Because honestly, Child's Play is, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, especially for what it was at the time. Um, it's just absolutely amazing. I've blessed Don Mancini is what I can say for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Which, by the way, apparently a Chucky video game for consoles was planned. But sadly, the Kickstarter project only raised $585 of its orig- initial 925000 goal. So they couldn't do wow. that. Wow. I yeah not even I, a thousand not even a thousand I really wonder what that would have been like though man and also the script reveals that the movie was originally supposed to start with Charles Lee Ray following a drunken lady with her face covered by a scarf leaving a bar from Eddie Caputo's van chase her into an alley then rip her scarf away to reveal detective Mike Norris so I guess that's kind of how they wanted to I guess insinuate that maybe he was well-known in those people. I don't know, but this would have been then followed by the chase, yeah, that started the movie, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, after UA purchased the script, it was rewritten by John Laffey to make Andy more sympathetic, and uh, Kirshner also expressed doubts that parents would buy their children a doll with fake blood. (laughs) In the original rewritten script... By Charles Lafia, the uh, Charles Lee Ray soul would have been transferred to the doll after being executed by the electric chair as it was being manufactured on the assembly line. 
That I guess like going through the power grid into the plant that's producing it, I guess. Yeah, so the script featured the doll factory where Chucky was produced as a location which would be recycled for the second film. Hmm. And, oh man, all, all the different people that they could have got to make this movie. They approached uh, William Friedkin, Irvin Kirshner, Robert Wise, Joseph Rubin, Howard Franklin, and Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel to, uh, to direct before Holland was hired on Steven Spielberg's recommendation. On uh, Steven and, Spielberg's recommendation? Yeah, oh. And you know who was originally asked to, uh, was considered to play the voice of, to play Charles Lee Ray? No. John Lithgow. John Lithgow? Yeah. I'm not terribly mad at that. No. I mean, we found out in Dexter, he clearly could have pulled it off. Yeah. I'm. Not, I, you know what? We got pretty lucky as it turned out, but if things went the other way, I think it would have been probably just as good. I think so, too, to be honest. Um... That's really interesting. I also didn't know that. And Charles Lee Ray, his name is derived from uh, notorious serial killers Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. Yes. Not Ray Charles, as I thought. <laughs> and, uh, oh boy, the way that Chucky was, uh, came to life in this movie is a thing of beauty, and that beauty came with lots of varied uh, sources. They had radio-controlled animatronics oh, operated yeah. by up to nine puppeteers. They also had some uh, short people and child actors. Yep. And Kevin Yeager is the designer and executor of the Chucky doll. Yeager frequently collaborated with Brock Winkless on his productions. And uh, Winkless performed the puppetry for Chucky and Child's Play in several of its sequels. Yeager and Winkless also worked closely on the visual effects for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. No way. That movie's mint. Oh, it gets better. Now, um, usually when actors fall in love on set, it's with their co-stars. But Catherine Hicks fell for the Chucky maker. And they've been married since 1990. Oh, good for them. So they made it work. And that's that's really awesome. That is really awesome. Since 1990. Yep. Oh, but more more awesomeness. In 1988, Jaeger created the fat suit and appliance makeup for Weird Al Yankovic's fat video. (laughs) That's awesome. And he's, and it's the same suit that he wears in his concerts while performing. <laughs> That's amazing. And it doesn't end because a year later he created the hypermuscular upper body suit that he wore when he was parodying Rambo in UHF. Oh my god. Gosh, it's amazing how much um it, I guess it's just really an entertainment in Hollywood how much you don't realize how how many connections there are sometimes. It's so cool. Oh yeah, like, and the, the 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 transitions he makes, uh, going from a toy to appearing more human. Like mm-hmm. it's not just like with his angry face, but also his hairline starts receding. His hairline. The movie. Yep, that that yep. one's the the integrity behind that is what is what blows me away with that movie. Like they just absolutely, like the more he starts to transform, you can see it. You can definitely see that he's becoming Charles uh, Charles Lee Ray, and you know. There's the 
because I know at a time when I was like figuring out a lot of stuff, I kind of, I was at first, well, well what the hell, well, he couldn't just live out his life as a doll, but, you know, which he thought he, that would be his way to immortality, right? But, of course, that's not the case. He starts to become, you know, like a, a living, actually like a living thing in the doll's body. So there was no invincibility yeah. factor there. Yeah, we had multiple animatronics. Uh, the flailing tantrum Chucky, the walking <laughs> Chucky, the stationary Chucky. <laughs> yeah. His face was controlled by a remote control through a rig to capture facial movements on the puppeteer mm -hmm. Brock Winkless. And when using live actors, they also used forced perspective shots. Yep. Which definitely gave way to some of the, uh, like, some haunting cinema cinematography. Oh, God, when Chucky, yeah. Like when Chucky's walking up, holding up a knife, threatening down the to hallway? kill Andy. As it's panning and zooming <sighs> and receding down the hallway. Like, Woo! just the surrealism of the camera shot was fucking oh, beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah. So creepy. What, what wasn't beautiful was that the uh, film initially received negative reviews when a two-hour rough cut was shown to audiences at a test screening. So Kirshner and Mancini had to cut 25 minutes of the film to reduce the amount of time Chucky was on screen, something that uh, Kirshner advocated for during production to build a sense of suspense in a similar fashion to Jaws or Alien. I do appreciate that, to be honest. Yeah. And Holland had repeatedly clashed with Kirshner over Chucky's amount of time on the screen, and uh, he objected to the cuts and left the production. And the three have suggested that uh, during the test screening, it flopped due to their use of Jessica Walter as the doll's voice. What? They yeah, Jessica Walter from Archer, Arrested Development. She was the original voice of Chucky. Oh my... Huh. Yeah, and they, uh, they claimed that Walter's voice was suitably menacing but she was unable to convey the humor intended for the character, and uh, all of her lines were redubbed with Durov's voice. Hmm. I would, uh... The cut footage uh, has Charles Lee Ray stalking the drunk woman who was Mike Norris on a sting. Uh, it would also have Andy showing Chucky around his room and finding a photo of his deceased father, John healing an infant through a voodoo ritual, and Chucky unsuccessfully trying to break into Andy's room at the mental hospital and tricking a mentally ill girl named Mona into carrying him in the ward. Which is probably why you see a scene with uh, the mother talking to a girl who's sitting on the floor. Right. Wow, that's really interesting. You're teaching me stuff. <laughs> well, I always like to figure, like, every episode's probably someone's first episode and not everyone yes. has read Wikipedia and IMDb. That's true. So, a little something. Uh, well, Roger Eber gave it three out of four stars, which, considering ooh. the man hated horror movies, for the most part, was pretty impressive. That is very impressive, actually. And uh, actually, going back into the character of Chucky, it, in one scene, Chucky was played in one scene by Alex Vincent, who plays Andy, little sister, when Chucky runs from behind the couch while the babysitter was watching TV, which that part's creepy. Oh, yeah. If you recall that part, that part's actually really cre the whole the whole segment with the with uh, with Maggie uh, was was pretty creepy, but she played that out really well. Oh, I'm yeah. just I'm just sitting here like reflecting back. Yeah, that part was creepy. And then when she was going around the kitchen and she's seeing the footprints and the flower on the counter, 
and uh, uh, she definitely brought she invoked that fear out right when you know when there's absolutely no way somebody else would be in the apartment right um investigating and you're hearing all these sounds and at point two when he turned the news on because he wanted to see what was going on with caputo but that whole sequence that whole scene is is i thought was really well done oh yeah and after the release of the film uh, a large crowd of protesters formed at the main entrance of MGM calling for a ban on the film because they claimed it would incite violence in children. Oh, God. <laughs> it's amazing how people were so worried about, like, uh, TV or movies corrupting children. Like it's fucking witch trials in the 1980s. Oh, my God. Uh, local news reporters from two TV stations were broadcasting live from the scene. The producer Kirshner was watching the demonstration on TV and he was disturbed by what he was seeing. So Jeffrey <laughs> Hilton, who had been working in Kirshner's office at MGM, indicated he could quell the disturbance in 10 minutes. So Kirshner was watching from the safety of his office as Hilton went downstairs and spoke to the group's leader and shook his hand. The group instantly dispersed, much to the chagrin of the newscasters. They were hoping <laughs> for a story and it just dissolved in front of them. And <laughs> Hilton never did reveal whether it was a uh, diplomacy or a very big threat that saved the day. I like um, to think that he threatened him with actual voodoo, and he believed it. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we did a lot of research on this voodoo, eh? Just yeah. so you know. <laughs> it's just, you know, just because you guys might want to consider that. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? This is heavily in voodoo. Like, I found so much. Like, we kept the real stuff out of the script, but uh, I know exactly how it goes. Yeah. You want me to start? Yeah, it's like, let's start with, uh, oh, make a grab a little yeah. hair off that jacket there. And it wasn't yeah. the last time either, because uh, Hilton's diplomacy notwithstanding, the film mm. series was plagued with accusations of inciting violence in children. Uh, Child's Play 3 was cited as the inspiration for two murders which took place in the UK in December of 1992 and February of 1993. The Child's murder of Suzanne... Yep, the murder of Suzanne Capper and the murder of James Bulger. In the Capper case, the 16-year-old was forced to listen to recordings of the gang leader repeating the catchphrase, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Oh my god. And in response to the murders, Tom Holland defended the film, stating that viewers of horror movies could only be influenced by their content if they were unbalanced to begin with. I agree. I'm kind of on that, that uh, train there. Yep. And this has been a lot of trivia, but, oh man, I I didn't even bother looking at IMDb, and I, I like cut my Wikipedia findings in like a third. That's the thing. There's so much that has been discovered and added and whatnot throughout the years that it's just, it's, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a lot to know. <laughs> it's definitely, it's a lot to know. And what the more you know, so too, it's so interesting. It's all so interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. They did, they did the damn thing. They just basically, they really had a lot of integrity behind the project, which, you know, I, you can't ask for more really. I mean, it just, it shows in like the team just to, just to the puppeteer team, you know, for that amount of dedication and, and integrity behind it and everything like that. You don't really find much of that anymore, huh? It's around, but rare. Yeah, it's rare. It's appreciated when it's found. Yes. But uh, now we can get on to the actual meat of the show. 
the goods. Uh, we always start with the goods, and we always start with me. My first good, uh, the opening credits. During them, we get a very tense showdown between mm. Mike Norris, Captain or Detective Mike Norris, and Charles Lee Ray. Also, it's great to see these toys. No knockoffs or anything made for the thing. It was just an actual toy store with, like, the NHL power play and the She-Ra uh, power <laughs> castle. And... Yeah, that was quite the showdown, actually, between the two of them. And I I really appreciated the um, the desperation between the two of them, right? Like, Charles' his, his desperation to get away and, you know... Detective Mike's like desperation to catch him because you could tell that they had been looking probably looking for them for a long time Right, and I thought that they played that out really well um, And I also think it's important to note Which is pretty continuous throughout the series is how much Charles Lee Ray really just didn't want to die I don't know if that's <laughs> something that no, I'm serious like this man just did not want to die I... <laughs> Throughout ever, the one thing he never wanted to do was die um, so much so that he would transfer his soul into a doll um, and that he seemed to be fearful of death genuinely for a guy that administered it a lot. He certainly yeah. was afraid of it. He seemed to be incredibly afraid of death. Um, so I thought I don't know. Well, I just think because he traded bad. his soul for power. So he just knows where it's going to go. That's a good point, actually. So, what is your first good? My first good? Okay, I'll try and stick to the one without going on it. <laughs> but, uh, my first good is... I really... I really appreciated how well that they um, made the scenery feel. And, and, and there wasn't even that very many like it's not like a it's not like they explored various different points in the movie but i mean like i think that they really again i guess going back to integrity the way that they uh made a point of focusing in on the scenes and they had you really involved because i know that for the most part the struggle was like how do you make a how are you supposed to make a doll scary when you could just really just punt him right um <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do really appreciate the fact that it seemed that they they really acknowledged that, and especially with the way um, that they worked with, you know, the the puppeteering again. I guess you could say the puppeteering and how well done that was, and how uh, convincing Chucky as a killer doll was. Um, I don't know. That's just something that I've always really appreciated. That, and definitely got to give it up to uh, uh, all the actors as well i i they seem to i mean for what most people don't take horror movies very seriously but i thought the crew was like the actors and actresses were very very they were really passionate in their roles i think that made a huge difference it, but it didn't they did made it seem like it was impossible to feel corny <laughs> yeah for such a silly concept they sold it yeah. so friggin straight they did they like they sold it serious seriously it's yeah, so that's something that I, I that always sticks with me with that movie. Yeah. My next good is the excellent effects for the spell. I mean, mm. I mean the 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 effects are great. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I can't make any excuses for Mike Norris just denying what he sees in front of him because I would be a fucking changed man after seeing a spontaneous lightning storm <laughs> and and hearing this guy's voice start booming and echoing throughout a fully stocked store in which you shouldn't be hearing any echoes because all that stuff is absorbing the sound. Yeah. And all of a sudden his voice takes on like a, a chasmic quality like and i'm like i would be like there's a lightning storm appearing at that out of nowhere and also this guy's voice is booming considering i shot him in the lung like this guy's very loud (laughs) i swear that's that desperation that pushed through and the store explodes with a lightning strike I wouldn't yeah. be like, oh yeah, a lightning strike hit the roof. It fucking exploded the store. I'd be like, okay, I just saw some fucking magic. Yeah. Well, the fact that he had some nerve to be alone in the first place, though. <laughs> He's a brave man. Brave, brave, brave. But yeah, uh, that um, that was a whole, whole scene during the uh, this whole transverse uh, situation. I'm trying to think of what did I ever think of that when I was a kid? I don't know. I had no idea, I guess, at the time. (laughs) But yes, the effects were fantastic, actually, especially for the time. My next good. Um, I really appreciated how how well they displayed the dynamic between like like how how well they share like showed the story of um, of uh, Andy and uh, his mom and like, you know, her being a single mom and, you know, something that's relatable to, I guess, like to all single parents, I'm sure, when she was trying to find something for Andy and everything like that. And I I really appreciate how they took the time to kind of just not make it seem like he's just some spoilt kid that was like, well, I mean, I guess he was kind of demented, but you know what I mean? Like it was just, they didn't make it seem like all, like she, all of a sudden she could just produce this doll for him and whatever. They considered some care about that dynamic, which I think was really great. Um, on as yeah, far as the storytelling that, goes. That's, that's my next good is about like the mom and her chemistry with her son. It yeah. just seems really damn genuine. Like, yes, it seems like really you're genuine. seeing some real love going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I really also, like that. And also she was a damn milf. Like she was. Catherine dead. hits just gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> See a Absolutely. picture of her now. She's pushing 70. Still good looking. She's still good. Still got it. But yeah, I like their genuine connection and, and you know, uh, them showing Karen trying to do her best as a single mom. I thought that was really nice <laughs> for them to do that. Because again, you know, they horror movies, it's hard to be taken ser- They're hard to be taken seriously as a whole as far as the genre goes, so to say. But I don't know. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely one of the, the uh, things. It, that- added, it, it added realness to it. It added some realness to it. Exactly. I like that. What's yours? Speaking of the opposite of un- of realness, um, when Chucky turns on the gas main in Eddie's home, mm. and I I don't know what he was shooting at, or like if it, if his main <laughs> if Eddie's main thought is just like go into a room, shoot, 
and maybe you've killed whoever's stalking you. Oh. Maybe you kill a rat. Maybe you just put a hole in your oven. Eddie was but a hot know, mess. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I was expecting when he when he fired the gun in the kitchen. I was expecting like a room boom and mm-hmm. like, uh, the building on fire, not the fucking building collapsing. That was crazy. That was, that was crazy. Okay, and Andy was not not he was he was pretty close to that site. Yeah, he was walking by the window, so if, if shit starts like collapsing, right you think Andy would have gotten buried in some bricks? I, man, I, I don't know how that happened, and I can't, I can't even. Now we're getting into other some things because he was on that that whole ass side of the town. That was, I mean, again, look at where Caputo. <laughs> but that was a whole scene. But yeah, Caputo was a hot mess. Um. I try to think of the uh, fact, like, I guess he was looking for, looking out for a grown man to be in his house. I don't know, but. Yeah, but he didn't see a grown man, so what Mm-mm. the fuck was he shooting at? He was just going, he was just going ham. He was just going ham in there. I was like, you. I mean, you've seen the rest of the house. He's not worried about putting a hole in the wall. No, <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Which, for for reference sake, for anyone who hasn't seen it, his place is a what most would call now a trap house. I would say that that was like, you know, equivalent to that. It was like, you know, what, like a mattress on the ground. Like, it was just crazy. It's the whole thing, it looked terribly cold as well. I mean, this was the late 80s. I'm pretty sure even crackheads at their worst would be like, I got some standards, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We can't stay here. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. I mean, I mean, I gotta have like four walls. They may be piss covered walls, but they still gotta have like four of them, man. <laughs> yeah, they still gotta have four. I need a roof over my head so I can dig the spiders out of my skin in peace. <laughs> yep, it was a, it was a, that was a place was a gong show. Um, I, I gotta say though, I think it's strange that Andy was considered to be a suspect for that gas explosion. <laughs> like, I, I just gotta put that out there. I, I, well, he was there, and he was near another body. So that 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 alone is enough reason to be like, okay, he he's doing something. He's not telling us what's going on. It's hard to really pin it on him, but he knows something. Like, tw- like twice is too much of a coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> poor Andy. He had a he had a bit of a go after that. Uh, so what's your next uh, good? My next good, um, I, 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 the voice acting. Rod Dourif seriously did the damn thing with the voice acting. And Ch- Charles is a very angry man. Um, <laughs> but that definitely came out a lot in his voice acting and everything. And I don't know. I don't know if, if over the years by now, I'm just kind of like, you know, if it fits, it sits. But I just thought the voice acting was fantastic. He was terrifying. And, um, you know, especially as time went on, like the longer he stayed in the doll's body, you know, you could, the, the, the desperation and the anger just increased and everything like that. And I just, I like attention to detail when it comes to things like that. So with, with Brad's voice acting, that's something that I definitely really appreciated. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, my first experience with Brad Dourif, like even though these movies had come out way earlier, uh, my first experience with the guy, even though before I really had time to appreciate who he was, uh, was when he was on Star Trek Voyager 
as mm. a uh, as a uh, betazoid who was suffering a uh, uh, a psychotic episode and started attacking members of the crew. Huh. And they uh, like put him in the brig, and they were able to do a mind weld with him and like actually like find the root cause of his uh, of his rage and like get him to to settle down. And then at the end of that season, he uh, the ship gets taken over by a, a group of hostile aliens who maroon the actual Voyager crew, and they've got like all two hundred and whatever members on the uh, on the planet except for one. One guy yeah. who's been who got like bl- uh, he got like blown out into something like into one of the Jeffrey's tubes or something. So when they swept the ship, they couldn't find him. And like when he woke up, the entire ship had been taken over. And uh, let's just say no one was around to give him his meds. Oh, and <laughs> he ended up going like fucking sick house on the on the crew and bringing the ship back, like single handedly going just. Well, he went Chucky on them. So like, you're saying he, I need to see this episode? I think you need to see, or at least the season, because he shows up in one episode alone where he's just like the bad guy, mm-hmm. but then they manage to fix him. But then in the uh, in the in the end of the season, that's when he becomes like a big fucking action star hero, while um. still like being like a murderous psychopath hiding in the vents, killing aliens. It's kind of like the it's like the inverse of uh, Alien. Huh. Oh. It's really fucking. It, it was Color cool. Like he, had, he had like a good. He had a good story. Color me intrigued. He does that shit so well. Yeah. <laughs> he just does. My next good is they didn't take too long for the mom to find out. In less than an hour, she's very aware that Chucky is in fact real and her boy's not crazy. Yeah. And an excellent reveal, like. Moving the moving the the toy box, uh, moving the uh, the box that the doll came in, and mm-hmm. then the battery slip out, and she realizes, oh fuck! Like he's been acting like a doll, but Oof. now there's no batteries. How the, the fuck f- has he been doing it? Yeah. And then when the when the jig is up, oh, the way his face changes from that innocent yeah, oh, I'm Chucky too. You fucking bitch! That scene is legendary. That scene is legendary. It's fantastic. Um, I love it so much, but yeah, the, the, the terror in her face when the batteries dropped and then she looks over at him. Oh my God. Oh yeah. That whole part was just, that was something else. And it was, it was really cool too, because it's like, regardless of what was going on, you know, she, she really had some faith in her kid. So, you know, when she was by herself and, and reflecting on that, you know, with everything that was going on. It was a relief. It was a relief <laughs> when she started like investigating <gasps> the stress of all that gaslighting, man. <laughs> uh, so what's your next good? Um, my next good would probably be. <sighs> hmm. You know, I got several. So now I'm over here and I'm just like, what was it? Other things like, um, I don't know. I think my next good would be the action sequences that they did, that they were able to do, that they were able to pull off in it. Like the, uh, like, well, when Detective Mike was like, you know, in his car and Chucky was in the back seat. 
That was an oh, yeah, intense like so, scene. So many, like if anyone's trying to struggle with a doll, like the cheapest way to do is just have the actor shake him around as if the doll's yeah. fighting. That's the fucking, no, that shit ain't going to fly for this movie. They're going to have like a fucking doll that's moving around and making yeah. faces and shit. Like, they oh, did it. They did the that. Animatronics. Every part of this, like whether it's a prosthetic or an animatronic, mm-hmm. from, from his battles to him just walking around, yeah. either like just like running from one spot to the other or uh, stalking Andy in the hallway, mm-hmm. just the way he moved was both lifelike and unreal. Yeah, and it's even like to, to how he would hold things, the way he picked things up and stuff like that. It, yeah. You're like this is a this is an actual this is a living doll like for real for real. <laughs> they just they yeah. really had a whole lot of they did such a, a wonderful job with that like that car chase or sorry the uh, strength which is where you see his uh, his uh, method of choice there. But when he was trying oh, the- to uh, strangle him in the car, yeah. And, oh, and uh, then the knife poking out of the seat like I'm yeah. Sort there's a then that scene, um, it's, he it's does like hilarious. this weird squeal thing that is <laughs> he's like trying to jump up and like yeah. sit with one ass cheek on, yeah. on the armrest of the car door. The turmoil wow. of that scene, <laughs> that the turmoil of that scene. My God, yeah, Chucky was he was really putting him through it. Holy frick! Yes. Oh, he was, was such him a great through. car fight. It was, and, it, and it's just like it really was, and they they really put to put to work on that um i also and the, this, the tension afterwards yeah. when the car flips and all you Ooh, see you is don't like know the where foot, he is all you see is like the feet walking around the windows and like where's he going mm-hmm. when's he coming back yeah see it seems like that that just really make this this movie's like incredible and i don't know how they pulled it off but when uh maggie's death when she fell through the window i thought that was a beautiful oh. shot the cinematography in this. Mm-hmm. It, it oh, I thought that was a beautiful shot. Top dog. You know, Bill Butler, you fucking did it. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the whatever lengths they had to Exorcist- go through to make these Exorcist Ooh. 2 could have learned a thing or two about a falling scene. Exorcist 2, oh god. Remember that scene where the guys are like falling off the cliff and you're just like, is this like a music video or like what's going on? <laughs> Hey, at least they can say they tried. It takes like 20 minutes for a guy to fall down a cliffside, and you're like, what the fuck? I'm expecting, like, Eminem to be, like, looking at the camera in free fall. I am whatever you say I am. Don't. (laughs) That long-ass fall. Pazusa won't even play my jam. (laughs) Oh, my God. Exorcist 2 is a whole one that can be chopped up. Have you you done one of that? Anyways, let's do it. Yeah, we covered it. Fuck, we covered the original and then number two. Fuck with James Earl Jones. How do you have I'm James Earl Jones in the movie and make him the worst part of the movie? <sighs> that's how do you take bad. someone? That's that their excellent. bad for sure. That's oh, how their, do you ruin James Earl Jones? <sighs> I know. Bless that man. Ugh. It's like we're gonna have the voice of Darth Vader here, and we're just gonna have him and spit Mufasa. out a tomato. And Mufasa, Darth Vader, and oh, Mufasa. Yeah. Okay. And the voice of CNN. <laughs> the voice of CNN. <laughs> um, yeah, he's the guy. Like whenever, like back when they had it on, you'd be like, "This is CNN." 
Is it for real? Yeah, it's him. What? They only needed like three words from the guy. We've I guess it was really an easy recording session for him. I guess we've really been listening to this man our whole lives. Yeah. Well, they That's mentioned it on The Simpsons. When oh. uh, when they talked to Bleeding Gums Murphy and then uh, uh, Mufasa shows up and says like, Lisa, you must avenge me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Darth Vader shows up. Luke, I'm your father. And then That's James right. Earl Jones himself throws up. This is CNN. I completely forgot about that scene. God, The Simpsons was great. Um, I, I yeah, I think I, I think that's what I got for that so far, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my last two goods is when when Chucky tries to appeal to Andy, saying like, "Hey, I'm your friend, oh. your friend of the end." Remember? <laughs> that's and then Andy right. delivers that fucking baller line. This is the end, friend. And mm-hmm. match drop. He dropped that yeah. match like the fucking mic in a rap battle. Oh, God. What a great uh, kid. Which oh. then gave us my final good, Char Chucky stalking Char Andy with Chucky. the fucking... Uh, with him just walking around like, oh, that really fucking hurt, Andy. Listen, my little self, I was quite entertained by the movie. And I'm I'm always like as I've watched over the years like I'm always always so fascinated by that part too. But my God, he that he was terrifying. Okay, and he's and he was all slimy too. They kind of gave him like they gave him the crunch. You know, he was crunchy, like his oh, yeah, because he was like through. he was melt half melted plastic, and the other was like it was skin melted plastic, melted plastic sliding and banging into hard plastic. Yeah, yeah. And he, oh, that's right in his skull. He had the, uh, the, the actuators like and everything. Just, yeah. Oh, oh and oh. the metal, the metal fingers. Yes. Poking out from the, from the, from the melted skin. Oh, oh, he was, he was so fucking he was menacing. terrifying. He was t- menacing. That's good word. Menacing. Good word. Uh, yep. He absolutely was completely menacing. When he does that with his eyes. <laughs> you know, you when his, his eyes go like straight wide open. Well, he doesn't have a choice since his lids are gone. Oh, just in general. Well, <laughs> when he's pissed off, when they would go like full boom. Uh, that was kind so of insane. You're out of goods too? Um, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I feel like I'm not too sure. And then at the same time, I'm like, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, I definitely, Alex Vincent. Um, I really got to hand it to him uh, because he he really held his own for his, his role as Andy, um, which I can't quite like how he was. How old? I think he was maybe just like 10, not even. He did a fantastic job. I think he really did a great job interacting with uh, the, inter- uh, the animatronics. Uh, as well, animatronic. Well, yeah, plural. They kind of had a few, but yeah. yeah, Alex Vincent did a really great job, I think, for uh, for a kid in a horror movie that, from what I understand, is was his first role in anything. And um, he was he made it to, uh, is super relatable. And again, I'm referring to when I was watching it as a kid because that was, but uh, super relatable to be watching it watching another kid being terrorized by this doll, right? He kind of got inspired by his ideas, too. 
<laughs> but yes, applause for Ann, uh, for Alex Vincent. Oh yeah, but uh, you know, every rose has its thorn, and every night has its dawn. So we must now get into the criticisms, however meager, of this movie, and we always let the guests draw first blood. So. Mackie, what was your first bad? I guess when Charles met up with uh, Dr. Death, uh, the guy that, w- that went in to explain, which I, thought that, which I think that scene was, was pretty awesome in itself, like that interaction, but I don't know. I just kind of felt like, I feel like they really could have done more with that as far as how... I guess I don't understand why Charles was so quick to rid this guy that was really going to be the one to help him. I mean, I guess he did say that he's there was maybe there wasn't much he could do. But I don't know. I felt like that exchange was a little bit too short-winded. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I I I mean, I guess I might as well get to uh well, I'll now I'll, I'll get to that later cuz I've got that's a big bad for me, but it's it's a bit okay. of a detailed one. I guess fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, My first bad is the glass door that uh, Charles Lee Ray shoots. I don't know. Does he shoot the lock? Because it's still on the door, but the door is open. <laughs> also, it's a glass door. <laughs> so why not shoot the glass? And why do yeah. the gunshots in this movie sound like lasers? It's true. That's, that's so true. You actually, when you pointed that out, I was like, I never even considered that. Yeah, the whole door is glass. And yeah, the guns, they had a pew-pew going on. Yeah, I mean, like when he's firing off, right at the beginning, it's not even like, oh, like a, a, a miss, like a sound fuck up later. No, right in the beginning of the movie, when he's in the alley, you hear like bang and then pew, pew. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, is, is, this, totally is this transitioning into a G.I. Joe episode? <laughs> Dude, they kind of got a little carried away with that bit there. Just that one bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, touche. And like, actually, going back to Doctor Death, you know, you know when um, I guess Chuck breaks his leg first, uh, cause he grabbed uh, his voodoo doll and he breaks his leg. I don't know if you recall, but you there's like um, it's such an awkward scene. I don't know what they used for that, but it was like it was it was big and bulky, and it and it just looked incredibly strange. I don't know. I, that was that's something that whenever that scene comes up, I always draw my eye to it. With everything else being so wonderful, I'm wondering if that's the case. But <laughs> but that's something that uh, I was like, eh, you know, that could have been done better or something like that. It seems nitpicky, but again, with everything else that's so immersive, that's something that really stuck out to me. Yep. If talking yeah. effects and anything like that, so. <laughs> My next bad is for a guy that's been shot in the lungs, he talks a lot and very loudly. Mm-hmm. Also, also, why was Jerry the vampire having trouble finding a guy yelling in Creole in an abandoned <laughs> shop? In Creole of all things. It's not a warehouse. It's just the front of a store. There's like four aisles, period. And he's knocked over like the big display you just mm-hmm. have to walk along mm-hmm. the edge of the aisles, and in like three seconds, you know where he is. 
Also, yeah, you got hearing, and he's yelling a lot. Yeah, Charles was not stealth. He was not. I'm like, do I call no. him Charles or Chucky? He was not stealth at all about yeah, that. So that. That was a whole situation there too. Yeah, so this guy was a bad cop. Yeah, he was. He's having trouble yeah. finding a guy who's like sprawled out on the floor, not moving and yelling. And it's a mystery as to where he might be. That's really something that doesn't make sense. There's no, there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't have found him in time before he completed the chant. There's no excuse. You could have just had him whispering into the doll, like, are they doing Dumbala? Are they doing Dumbala? And like, have like a, uh, like a, like a wisp of smoke, neon blue effect number five, uh, some smoke coming out <laughs> yeah. of his mouth into the doll. <laughs> And then that would justify why the cop doesn't hear this guy yelling, walk up and shoot him before he finishes the spell. Right. And it's not like it's a short chant. Like, because. Oh, no. It's like a good minute. Yeah. It's not. It's not a short chant. So, yeah, that's true. That part was just kind of like, okay, that was a give me. (laughs) As far as 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 far as like volume goes, I, I don't like, I don't know, maybe. Maybe he needed to be loud enough for. Dembala to hear him? I don't know, but no, it's... He is a sky god, so you gotta yell. <laughs> right, but Mike failbot on that one. He should have been finishing that chant in the fucking cop car. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he's like, Ricola. Oh, I got a bad, actually, which I had, I had mentioned it um earlier and i didn't want to get too carried away with it at that time because i wanted to save that for this um but uh oh gosh yeah i yeah i just i i don't understand how they were really seriously trying to uh pin that explosion on andy i really feel like they could have come up with something else for, like, if they were going to use that for his for the reason for him to end up in a psych ward, they really could have come up with something else. Because the way that whole thing played out, um, I just... I think it, they had him for the... Uh, because they found the footprints on the counter and the flower. And while they were willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, then he shows up around someone else who's dead. So they're just like, you know what, let's just, ki- let's just clinch him for the first one. Because we got evidence on him already. Oh, yeah, that's we right. Because he had the... Yeah, he had the good guy uh, pajama pants on that had those footies. But then again, it's like, come on, Maggie. Andy would have been on the counter and you didn't notice. That's some bad babysitting. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. To me, I just felt, I always felt like that was so ridiculous. Like, come on. A gas explosion now? Okay, maybe we, maybe we can give you the whole like, okay, well, he thinks his doll is alive, but it, 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 even though they were trying to focus on the the deaths, I just thought that was a little bit of a strange. I don't think segue. they pinned it on him. They just thought because he was so obsessed with Chucky being alive that they were just like, okay, this guy's are, this kid's around dead bodies, and he thinks the doll did it. The kid's cracked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know if they were actually trying to pin it on him, but they just thought this kid's. This kid's for the birds. We gotta... This kid's for the birds. <laughs> yeah. They're like, um, come get your son, ma'am. There's something yeah. going on. That psych war was creepy. Anyways, but that's one uh, of the things that, that, that definitely always made me feel aggy. My next bad is Chucky hasn't even made his appearance yet, and he's already been surpassed by the good guy mascot. 
for absolute cringe. <laughs> oh my god. When we see that guy who looks like a mutated <sighs> cabbage patch doll. Um Yeah. I for for me, giant mascots always kinda scared the shit out of me anyway. So there's that, but my god. Yeah, it, god, he it, looks the, he looks like a cabbage patch head. kid if it, if it was exposed <laughs> to the mutagen from Ninja Turtles. Oh. Oh. We got we got super good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that thing was just something else. My just absolutely something else. <laughs> you sent me that when you were um going through things and I just went ah! oh, that was it for me. I was <laughs> not expecting that one. I was not prepared. I was not ready. Um but yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that one basically. <laughs> oh. So what's your next bad? My next bad. Um, I don't know. I, I, I might seem biased, but I, I really don't have a whole lot of bads for it. I thought a lot of it was was really good. Again, though, I do feel like the, um, the scene with Dr. Death was a little bit... I feel like that could have been done a bit better. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that is my next bad because... I, I've seen some movies, and from The Shining to I Know What You Did Last Summer to, <laughs> to, to this movie, every time there's a magic black man with ancient powers, it's never enough to stop them from going out like bitches. Oh, I hate... Oh, I hated that. There's absolutely no... Like, the, sorry, go ahead. I'm not even trying how, to go... <laughs> how did he think... Chucky was going to use his powers for good. Mm-mm. He's a Mm-mm. notorious serial killer, and also, your name is Dr. Death. Who the fuck are you to criticize people for using voodoo for bad purposes when your name is fucking Death? Yeah, what's the, what are the good purposes? Because he was all like, you know, you perverted everything I taught you. Well, I'm sorry, sir, I'm confused. Yeah, what was the good? <laughs> what was the good? Yeah. What, what, were, what were the intentions behind teaching this man this stuff? You weren't supposed to kill those people. You were supposed to give them the loa powder and turn them into zombies so they would do yard work for you. Yeah. You weren't supposed to kill them, Chucky. <laughs> I don't get when it. I taught you how to transfer souls. It was just so children could be reunited with their pets. I had such high hopes for you to do good work, Chucky. Yeah, that just, just absolutely makes no sense. I, I uh, But, yeah. He, so, he was surprised his serial killer friend might be bad. <laughs> he, des- he deserved to die the way he did for being terrible at his job. Yeah. See, the thing about these magical black men you see in movies... They never use their powers to their full extent and mm-hmm. go down in glorious battle like Obi-Wan with some iconic showdown. They're always caught by surprise. Visions and knowledge of the future is their fucking craft. It yeah. is their power, and they all get taken by surprise. Yeah, he was just in his he was making some tea, I think, if I remember correctly. He was just making some tea. And yeah. it's funny, too, because Chuck does mention, those, like, you really shouldn't leave your, your dolls where your clients know where they are. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of jacked up of you. You'd think that would have been locked up. Uh, you think that would have yeah. been locked up. 
If I direct a movie with a magic person of color who has to die to demonstrate the villain's power, they're going to display all they've got. It's going to be an epic showdown. They're going down on the wall of the fallen, yeah. not on the shelf of suckers. Yeah, that whole situation just upsets me for, because of that. I w it was so weak. It was just so weak. Ugh. Oh, and then to it's, boot, it's happened so many times. Yep. Absolutely. It's just a gimmick. It like, seems to be just a thing. <laughs> we have a black man with amazing powers, and he's going to die easily. Yeah. My God. And Ugh. and it's just, yeah, they set him up for failure. Um, and, on, you know, on top of that, too, which, by the way, like, while when Dr. Death was che uh, teaching uh, Chucky all this stuff, Charles didn't even believe any in any of it until he was desperate enough to try it out. So the fact that he had the audacity, okay, to go in there like that and then get pissed off because he couldn't fix his problem for him. Come on. I don't know. I just thought that was pretty bold of him. But yeah, he didn't believe in any of it until... But he... Like he was a willing participant in being taught it. I just feel like that's a whole lot of wasted time there. But, yeah. you know, I don't really quite understand that as well. Um... Yeah, I, I just, I really don't appreciate, that scene is probably one, aside from the one that uh, I spoke of earlier, is probably one of the most annoying parts to me in the movie. That whole scene and their dynamic. <laughs> yep. And my final bad is, you get a hold of Chucky, when the cop gets attacked in the uh, in Andy's apartment, he, he pulls him off the mom, mm. and then... Tosses and him. then tosses him and then turns you out completely. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just he's like gone you deserve now. To get your fucking leg stabbed, you fucking idiot! You grab him, you toss him either into the fireplace or the oven. They mm -hmm. eventually smarten up and toss him in the fireplace, even though it doesn't pay off. But right off the bat, they're just like, "I'm going to take this guy who is small and wiry, and in, yeah. and my one chance where I've got him and he can't turn around and hurt me." I'm going to just waste it throwing him. Yeah, which actually, I have another bad. Because <laughs> that's, that, that that's a really good point there. Why on earth did he figure that the deed was done at that point? We'll never, we'll never figure that out. But that whole scene, when they were all like running between... Because the way, the way her apartment was set up, right... I guess like there's the bathroom and there was two doors. So there was the the bedroom door. Uh, sorry, the the door between the bathroom and the bedroom. And then there was the door between the bedroom and the hallway. And I guess you go down the hallway and there's another. So they were kind of going in a circle, basically, right? I'm not too sure how they couldn't have figured out a better way around that one. If that make, like between between um uh. Mike and Karen and everything like that. I thought that that scene was a little... It was stressful and hectic like that for no damn reason. In my opinion. <laughs> I feel like they could have done a little bit more than that considering, right? Like, even though uh, Chucky is... He does have the strength of, of a man. Like, he still maintains his human strength, right? So I get that there. But for God's sakes, he's small. That whole scene, they really could have—they really could have rocked him. I don't know how they end. I don't know what. I don't know, but yeah, that was something else that that I felt that they they kind of poorly constructed that whole sequence. 
for ever for all of the good i feel like they could have done that one better now we can take it to the what the fucks because there was a few things in this movie that made me go what the fuck <laughs> and uh the first one was does electricity give you the marburg virus because oh this, yeah yeah this doctor <laughs> doctor uh what's his name oh hey god i'll get when that. he when he's trying to give Andy the uh, the needle, and that was awful. That's when he gets the electroshock therapy from Chucky Ardmore. Ardmore, which is a weird name. When I first saw him, I sent you a picture, and it looked like he looked like Gary Busey cosplaying as Larry King. Yeah, <laughs> I did actually. Then Chucky gets behind him and puts on his little uh, electroshock harness. Puts it on, then runs away. And this guy's on the floor, like, if you think, like, oh, yeah, he's convulsing because he's getting his brain electrocuted, that part makes sense. I ain't going to be mad at that. But then his skin turns black and blue all over the place, and he's bleeding mm -hmm. from the eyes and the gums. This is Marburg virus. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not, that wouldn't be something that would, uh, would be... <laughs> Now I'm thinking of the green mile all of a sudden. But, but yeah, it was all of a sudden, it's like he had soot or something on his face as a result. And the bruising all over his body. Don't know. It's because it's not like he was he was like on there and he was moving around very much, right? He was he wasn't rolling around from side to side, and even still bruises wouldn't produce like that. No. And the way his face just got darker and darker. I <laughs> Yeah. I thought he was going to start singing like some Al Jolson songs. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If they would cut the scene they, uh, to Andy's face, like kind of watching in, in absolute horror, which I thought that was kind of pretty well done there too. But like, yeah, they would cut to, they'd cut to that, they'd cut to Andy, and they'd cut back to him. And each time he'd have some more, like his skin would be more blackened and, and more bruised and within a matter of moments. Very strange. But when actually. it's raining, have no regrets, cause it's not raining <laughs> rain, you know, it's raining violets. <laughs> oh damn, but you when you pointed that out, I yeah. And I'm looking at the I picture. I was starting to feel right very now. nervous having someone on the show like this this looks like it's gonna be a hate crime. No. Oh. <laughs> oh man, now that you mention it. You know, it, it, it does look like a little... It looks like something. Huh. <laughs> uh. I, I guess they tried their best. But yeah, it's a very strange sequence. So did It was very satisfying, though, later. <laughs> it was a good kill, because he was an annoying little bastard. He was an annoying He bastard. was awful. Yeah. He was a jerk. So did, uh, did anything make you say, what the yeah, fuck? I guess not really. Okay. Mm. I've got one more. Okay. It's like some untold stories. Where is the untold story of a Jeff Goldblum-type meteorologist trying to solve why a lightning storm spontaneously generated over a toy store? Nobody covered that. <laughs> and then immediately dissipated. And this guy could be coming to the rescue or a quick death when it happens over Andy's apartment. And this time they were like, they had instruments in their van trying to track these, these roving storms. And then, like, boom, he, he stumbles onto the scene and either saves the kid and then we just got, okay, so, like, a meteorologist, because there's a freak storm happening in the city twice. 
Right. You think someone would be tracking these things? Good call. And the biggest thing, uh, miracles happen in this world. What are the implications to the world's religion? Because, like, eventually Chucky does become known. Like, we have Cult of Chucky, so mm-hmm. Chucky does become, like, a famous person, right? Yes. Like, news of like awareness of him becomes public. Yeah, yeah. So, what are the implications to the world's religions when voodoo is proven to be act to actually work? That it is the true faith. Good call. Would there be a league of loas coming together like a new Vatican to to, to just handle this Chucky dude or you know take over right the role to with wrangle him? this in? Yeah, some somebody somewhere. You'd think that they would have uh, that they would have some sort of you know they would figure out the presence of, of like the activity, right? And be like, uh, well, they can even get like some volunteers to go into some, to some dolls of their own mm-hmm. so be- that they could fight Chucky on his terms. God, that would have been interesting. eh? <laughs> but yeah, Chucky that's versus a, the world. That's a joke because it's not, you can't just be practicing, um, some next level voodoo like that, especially since, uh, you know, since it was, uh, Charles had to be, taught who knows for how long but it's assumed that you know there's like a whole um even just in that area like you're mentioning like there's nobody that showed up and and put the whole situation to task dr death was the only one i don't think so what and then on top of that he didn't notice Hmm. yeah i mean you think like voodoo would be like the number one religion in the world once people find out wait a minute there's a religion that's actually real yeah and it can actually like, like these do powers this. are real yeah <laughs> and it can it can cause this like it can actually do this much yeah good point they just kind of like hoped and prayed they throw that in there like and we're done with that now <laughs> until next time yeah. <laughs> yeah so now we'll take it to the kill of the week The kill, I gotta say, goes to Chucky himself, even though we know it doesn't stick. For this movie, it's a excellent showdown with so much suspense and, and just the dread as no matter what they do to Chucky, even when they think like, oh yeah, that's a good idea, throw him in the fireplace. Yeah. And it's just not enough. Nothing. And the, the payoff when he gets shot with slow motion is mm. good. Like, I have complained in numerous episodes where slow motion in a kill just takes away from the moment because, like, this doesn't need to be in slow motion. Mm-hmm. There's nothing epic about this. You're just padding out time and thinking you're making something great, but you're not. You're, you're fucking annoying. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, no, the slow motion, it is good. It was implemented beautifully. Indubitably. It was quite nice. It was quite, quite nice. No, it, it absolutely was. Um, and then, like, I, I had shared uh, pictures of the, the scene work on that one. And even now, I'm just kind of like, how did they do that? I'm still not sure. Even when you see, like, the how they st- structured the whole scene. I'm going to have to look into that. But that was beautiful work. And I think you're right. I think um, out of all the kills in the movie, that was absolutely the most uh, suspenseful, the most savage. I mean, they even tried, they shot his, what, down the hallway? Shot his leg off. Man, he just didn't want to, he just didn't want to go. Shot his leg off. They shot his, uh, 
I think they got his uh, one arm off or whatever, and the way he just kept oh, crawling the, down the hallway. The voice with it, the voice that time was like, ah! Oh, oh. He's like feeling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's also something that I really liked about that, too. By the time that they, they get to that point, his body, like, he's actually going through physical pain at that point. Right? You know, he, he's gone because he, he's, he's almost, if not fully human. At the, I think he ran out of time, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, uh, he They was, shot him in the heart. They did everything get him else in the heart, was, yeah. His heart yeah, was finally... Like, it just showed, like, he was not... He would not fucking go down. That was, was excellent. He was not going down. He was ready to... He was ready to just not die. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, the persistent... Uh, the persistence of him, too, as well, was extra, was added to it, right? It made it super creepy. Oof. Uh, so, what was your kill? No, honestly, I, I think you got I think you got it for me, Chucky. I, because, I mean, Dr. Death, his was kind of like, that one just pissed me off. Um, Eddie Caputo and the gas explosion, I, you know, that was, eh. Um, you don't even see him. You, you just see a house fall down. Yeah, exactly. So, and then you got the uh, Maggie would have been a contender. Maggie's was good, especially because yeah, actually, actually, as I was mentioning earlier, that that whole sequence of her trying to figure out what was going on, um, and the whole buildup around that was really well done. And then finally, when she went, and it wasn't even. And it wasn't cheesy either. You know how like sometimes when they try to portray somebody falling out of a building out the window, it can it can either go like one way or the other. Yeah. Um, I thought that it was pretty. It was a pretty like sincere scenario, the way that she uh, you know backed up and fell out into the window kind of thing, right? And uh, so yeah, and that fall, and then when she hit the the car. The crunch. Oh, that lit! Wow, that was something about that. She, you're like, oh, that they're really high up, huh? Like that was that was that kind of a drop. <laughs> so, no, actually, yeah, Maggie, definitely a huge contender for sure. Maggie and Chuck, those are the two deaths in that one. That uh, I think a lot so, of it too was was great because of how how they built up the the scenes, right? So. So now we'll take it out with the rating, and I gotta say, I'm gonna give this five collapsing crack houses out of five. <laughs> it's it's obvious why I got a sequel. There was just so much talent in yeah. in one spot. It was just excellent. Yes, everyone, everyone, like but between production and and the actors and everything, they just yeah, the puppeteers, like everyone, you can tell that people you can tell that this is what the results are when people work together you know what i mean <laughs> everyone worked together as a unit and they they got the damn shit done and it's they did i think uh because usually for for first movies right they it's either they're setting it up for for more or like basically it could have it could have just been a standalone movie Right, the, how well done I think it was. It could have just stood on oh, yeah. its own and and could have been that, and they didn't even need anything else. Um, so, yeah, in that sense, um, it's definitely. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm obsessed. So yeah, it's right up there for me. <laughs> five collapsing crack houses out of five. 
But yeah. So what's your rating? Um, I'm just gonna say I I maybe not so much crack houses, but I'd say at least like t- ten voodoo dolls out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> ten voodoo Doctor Death dolls out of ten that should have been kept in a safe. But I guess that's neither here nor there now, is it? Yeah, top score for me. Um, but funny enough, two is my favorite. Yeah, we'll have to cover two sometime. Yeah, I think you'd really, really like two a lot. Uh, they, they, by the time two comes along, you can tell that they're a lot more situated. They, they kind of like you know what I mean. They, they went through a lot for the first one. They went through it for the first one, so you could tell by the second one they really had their faculties in place, and it was just, whew, it's good stuff. So, yeah, as far as Child's Play 88, first one goes, uh, top rating for me, 10 out of 10. Yep. So, we hope that you enjoyed uh, this episode of The Graveyard Shift, and uh, Maggie, where can people find you? You guys can find me on Facebook um, at uh, Sputnik. 2354 that's my twitch handle as well i don't have a streaming schedule per se but i always post up on my facebook page uh pretty much at at least a day or a few hours before i go live so you if you go on facebook you can search me on there i also have an instagram sputnik on twitch at sputnik on twitch there so you can find me there um and yeah that's it facebook insta or twitch itself I may have to get into the Twitch thing. There's plenty of horror games out there, which I think could probably benefit from my commentary. Or just regular games. I think, I think, you, yeah, you'd enjoy. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll learn the wax on, wax off from, <laughs> from uh, Mackie, and we'll, we'll see if, the, we'll see if she uh, makes anything out of me. Yeah, we'll, we'll, put, we'll figure something out, for sure. And also, thank you so much for having me. Um, which I, I just for reference sake, I happened to be scrolling through Facebook one night and there was, um, what was it? I guess it was like a, an ad for, or something like that. Podcasters looking for guests. And I found you on there. I saw the word horror, horror. Okay. And I was like, like the Boston (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I was on a Facebook ban, so I had to. I had to uh, direct message you, and I was like, I hope he doesn't think I'm a weird. I hope he doesn't think I'm that kind of a weirdo. Um, but yeah, so random enough. Uh, that's where I stumble on you. So, yay! Hey, yay! Happens so yeah, dance. thank you so much. Yes, so thank you so much for having me. And yeah, thank, you. Um, thank you. And uh, thanks for helping me figure this stuff out, too, because this is my first time doing a podcast experience. Like, it's similar to streaming, you know, as far as, like, the recording aspect goes, I think, but not really at the same time. So I've learned some things. So thank you. And thank you for your patience (laughs) with me with figuring this out and your help with it. Um, But yeah, most importantly, thank you so much for having me on. Well, of course, and, you know, we'll see about uh, having you again very soon in the future. 
Sounds good. I am looking forward to that. Awesome. But until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Mackie. And thank you for joining us on The Graveyard Shift. Bye. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyardshift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod. And if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for The Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 